Hello, I'm John Frungen. I'm executive director of the William J. Hughes Center for Public Policy at Stockton University. With me today is Eric Scheffler. He's the Atlanta County Sheriff and he retired as a Lieutenant from the Atlantic City Police Department. Sheriff Scheffler is also a member of the Hughes Center Steering Committee, which is our advisory board. Today, we're talking about the issue of PTSD and the risk of mental health and emotional problems among first responders and medical staff who are responding to the coronavirus crisis. Sheriff, let's start with a definition. What is post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD? Oh, good morning, John. Uh, post-traumatic stress is a condition that people can suffer from um, that are involved in any type of trauma or critical incident. Uh, they either could be the victim of that trauma or they could actually witness that trauma. And what happens is that that trauma will affect us uh, emotionally and mentally. And that uh, during that time, um, if we're not able to um, treat it or to work with it, uh, we don't have the resiliency capability to get through it. Um, it starts building and, and certain negative effects uh, start happening to you. And, you know, if you think about it, um, 50, 60 years ago, it was called being shell-shocked. You know, people were coming back from the war. However, you don't have to be a war veteran to, to be affected uh, by uh, post-traumatic stress. So then who is vulnerable? Who, are, um, who uh, is susceptible to this? Uh, and, and what are the signs that someone is experiencing? Well, we're all acceptable to it. Um, and when I say all, I mean everyone from a eight-year-old child and even younger um, to an adult. And it doesn't matter what profession you're in. Uh, you know, again, it doesn't, you don't have to actually uh, be involved in, a, in, in the incident itself. You could witness the incident. I mean, it could be life and death situation. It could be sexually uh, uh, being abused. It could be mentally being abused. It could be many different types of trauma. It could be a car accident where you saw death or carnage, or you could be passing by it. So we're all acceptable to post-traumatic stress. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the symptoms of it are that you relive that incident over and over again, um, that you have anxiety and stress, um, uh, that you have sleep, you're sleepless and, and, and uh, you know, you have depression. Um, and all those different things that uh, can affect us in our daily lives. Um, and clearly people who are first responders are often in situations like that. Um, first responders and healthcare providers are you know, on the front lines now of the coronavirus crisis. They're working long, hard hours, often with very sick people and people who sometimes are dying. What is the likelihood that, that these people may suffer from PTSD or some other ill effects? Well, it still uh, remains to be seen, honestly, John, um, how this uh, crisis is gonna affect not only first responders, but the community at large. I mean, this is what we call a thing called operational stress, which is a long, prolonged uh, time of dealing with the unknown. Um, that, you know, humans, uh, we like to know what's gonna happen, right? We wanna be able to predict what's next. We want, we need, uh, we like that safety net, that reassurance that everything's going to be all right. Well, you know, we're going, this is a prolonged incident of stress that we're all being affected by. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't have the known, you know, and we can't control 
the day-to-day uh, happenings of this virus. Uh, so this affects all of us negatively. Um, and, you know, as you said, healthcare workers and, and first responders are on the front lines of this. And, and a lot of us are staying quarantined, but we have to go outside every single day and deal with the public um, because they need help uh, from everything from being in the hospital to, you know, delivering people food, honestly, at this time. I mean, our roles have changed, picking up people's medicines, uh, those that are shut-ins. I mean, we're still being a you know, in close proximity with someone else. So then we have to go back to our homes, right? And, and you know, the fear, that fear and that unknown of going back to your home and possibly affecting your family is another uh, anxiety, fear, and stress uh, that is affecting all of us. But don't forget about all the other, uh, you know, people on the front lines, uh, the heroes of our day, um, our grocery store workers, our delivery people, um, our gas station attendants, all these other different uh, functions are keeping us as a society going forward uh, and their possibility of exposure. Sheriff, um, I've read some reports where people in some of these hospitals in North Jersey and New York that are just um, overwhelmed uh, are describing it like a, a war zone. Um, would you say these these workers are certainly going to be at risk at, uh, that have to, you know, somehow deal with this this trauma? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's normal to have, you know, this stress, this overload, this anxiety. If you didn't have these things happening during this type of crisis, that's not normal. However, um, you, we have to be able to reset ourselves, right? And that's one of the building blocks of resiliency that we know that can affect us and help us get through stress. Um, and we have to be able to do self-care. We have to take time and actually force ourselves, believe it or not, to, to do self-care. You gotta force yourself to read a book, force yourself to go work out, force yourself to disconnect from the pandemic and stop listening for you know, shutting off your phone, shutting off the news. Um, and we literally, and you would think you wouldn't have to force yourself, but you do. Um, you get so exhausted. Uh, it's called, you know, you get, you come home from a, 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 you know, your daily work, you're so exhausted, um, you can't functionally get off the couch, right? So, uh, but we didn't break any bricks, we didn't dig any ditches, so why are we so exhausted? Well, that's mental stress, that's, that's the beginning of depression, right? We dive into that low, we were in hypervigilance for so long that we fall down onto the other side of that hill uh, when we come home. Those are the times that you have to say, okay, I, I know I'm physically, mentally, you know, exhausted more mentally than anything. I need to reset myself. I need to go work out. I need to go for a walk. I need to read a book. I need to do something to help, you know, create self-care. Because if we don't, what happens is this builds up. So, you know, the old saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. This continues to build up and build up to a point there. We can't handle it anymore mentally. And we shut down completely. There are there are strategies to deal with this. Do you think, as a society, we're good at communicating this to our frontline people? Um, are are they getting this kind of message? Well, I think that you know, in law enforcement in particular, uh, that I think we've changed that model. Uh, you know, most, if not all, law enforcement executives through New Jersey and have embraced resiliency and understanding the mental uh, stress that our officers go through. Uh, we, you know, I was on the working group to bring the resiliency program to the state of New Jersey. 
It was gifted by the FBI National Academy. Billy Mazur, who's a retired deputy chief from Lang City, brought it to New Jersey. Uh, we were on the first working group, and, and they developed that program off of that. And I'm a uh, FBI National Academy trained the trainer in resiliency, uh, as so is Billy. And he goes around, he actually goes around the country and teaches other uh, departments. But New Jersey is the first uh, state in the entire country to mandate that resiliency uh, be trained to all our officers. Would you explain just a little briefly uh, what resiliency is, what that means? So there, there's a concept uh, about the you know, mental stress and, and our physical health um, that we're affected on a daily basis. And, and when these incidents happen, because humans are resilient in nature, we will deal with it. We will survive it, we will get through it. Um, but we have a couple choices when we do that. We could either take negative um, survival skills and make that a part of our, uh, ourselves to get through it, or we can take positive survival skills. So let's talk about negative ones real quick. What are negative, some negative things that uh, for me to get through some mental health issues? Well, I can go drink, right? I can go do drugs. Um, I can go gamble. I can go cheat on my, uh, my family or my wife. I can do things that, you know, take me away from that stress, but are, are negative effects to my family, right? That's, that's still survival. Um, and I, and they may lead down the road to something even worse. Um, but that I'm going to get through this or I could do positive things. And the positive things are what we call the resiliency, uh, pillars, right? And there's four of them. There's a, there's mental, physical, spiritual, and social, and we can continue to build those blocks and, and create positive ways to deal with stress. Um, so that's what resiliency is. And, and it's interesting, we all have those blocks filled some way, but because of the stress, and we talked about how much it can affect us mentally, and it feels like it's physical, right? I come home from a long day of work in the office and I am completely exhausted. I mean, I'm really exhausted. I can't get off the couch. I can go get a bag of potato chips and a beer, that might relax me and bring me back, or I can go for a walk um, because I realize that I need to reset that because that's the stress. That's being hypervigilant for a long period of time. And then when you no longer have to be hypervigilant, you dive down into a low. So that's so resiliency allows us to understand that I need to stay connected with my family. You know, I need to have you know a spiritual component. And that could be multitude of different things. That could be anything from meditation to, you know, having a strong relationship with, uh, with a church or God or whatever you believe in. Um, I need social. I can't tell my family, well, I'm too tired to go hang out or, or make that puzzle with you or deal with you. I need to force myself to interact with people. And that's how we stay connected. Um, I need to be able to maybe work out a little bit and whatever I can, I can go to the gym. Well, you can't go to the gym today, but you can still do calisthenics and there's a lot of workouts online that you can do everything mm -hmm. from low impact to high impact. Um, I need to do those things. And, and there's, those things are what the, help us get through the stress of the day that allows us to deal with it, reset ourselves so that stress doesn't turn into mental health issues. So in this time of high stress, this is good advice for pretty much all of us from those on the front line to those of us who are sheltering in place. Um, uh, strategies to get through this. Absolutely. And what I, John, what I like, you know, our listeners to understand uh, first and foremost is 
the stress of this uh, pandemic is normal. It's natural. Uh, we all have it, regardless of who you are. Um, don't think you're weak. Don't think you're not dealing with it right. This is not a sign of weakness. Uh, this is natural. This is something that is happening to every single one of us. Uh, you want to go back to the things that have helped you in the past to reset your stress during stressful times, whatever those stressful times may have been. And if you can't reset yourself and you're spiraling, then one of the strongest thing, one of the bravest things you can do is to reach out for a professional to help you get through this. Now, you know, I understand that times have absolutely changed, but there's teletherapy that's out there. And many of the, of the therapists that are available, especially in our area, are available by you know, teletherapy. So they're doing sessions online. They're doing sessions on phones. Uh, we're going to make sure that some of those resources are on our site as well. Right, John? Right. We're going to be putting uh, resources from Sheriff and from uh, some that the Hughes Center found on our website, www.stockton.edu slash Hughes Center. Um, Sheriff, I want to really thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I know you're very busy, but uh, this is an important topic and uh, the information you provided, I think, is really useful and helpful. Thank you, John. And uh, please be safe and stay healthy, sir. Same to you. Thank you.